Hey, this is Zen Perry. Thanks for listening to the Zen Perry Project. I have a few requests of you before we get into the show. First is go to Zen Perry Project, Z-E-N-P-E-R-R-Y Project on Instagram. Give us a follow. Second is make sure you follow and turn on notifications for our episodes wherever you listen to the Zen Perry Project. And third is share the show with somebody. Maybe send them an episode they'd be interested in. Without further ado, here's the show. Thanks for listening. Got it. I'm in Westlake, Ohio. Um, Ohio. So we play tonight in uh, Lake Wood. We're in all the lakes, you know. We're hitting all the lakes in Ohio, apparently. So, how's the how's the weather over there right now? It's cool. Yeah, which is great. It's not like you know, 97 degrees out and super obnoxious. You know what I mean? So this is a lot better. So I'd rather travel and stuff like this, you know, than than anything else. So. Yeah, hundreds of degrees in the van. Yeah, it's uh where Michael and I yeah. are right now. It's a uh, it's very very smoky. It's like, yeah, it's like smoky inside my house right now. It's crazy. That's that's what I had heard. All the wild wildfire stuff and everything like that. I was just with uh, visiting with a buddy of mine in Winnipeg, and uh, he's, he's just like, yeah, he's he's been traveling around this whole area and stuff. He's just like, yeah, it's it's all the air quality is totally terrible and. <laughs> what are you gonna do we're, we're just uh we're living the life you know yeah doing the best we can we're into music we're into talking about art and all that good stuff why don't we do a proper introduction for everybody listening right now so your name is james and you're in a band called beat talica is that right i am that uh, that is true that is true yeah how long has uh beat talica been uh playing together well we've been touring since 2007 um so i guess that's when i could say we really started playing consistently um but the the fledgling notions of what vitalico is um really started in 2001 way back then now this is just simple ideas recording mp3s you know, not being signed, you know, I mean, things like that, you know, so we've been touring since 2007. Wow. Uh, what, how, how did that, how did it even start back in the first days before you even started touring? How did you get the idea to do Beatallica? So Beatallica is a mashup between Beatles and Metallica. Would you guess that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Happy accident. Idea? Happy accident. Yeah. I mean, we typically say the band found us. We did not find the band. Um, we never intended to find the band. Uh, when myself and our original guitar player, we were kind of goofing around with some stuff on uh, on an April Fool's Day for an April Fool's show in Milwaukee. And we're like, okay, well, what would this band do with this band? You know, and et cetera, et cetera. We started recording some MP3s just for fun and handed them out on an April Fool's Day show. Um, now that show is called spoof fest, which is something that I book and I do the hospitality for that festival is now 30 years old next year. So we did this at spoof fest, uh, not Metallica, but we did the works of Metallica doing an April fool's joke that those MP3s caught fire on the internet basically. And uh, about six months later, well, I still was not in a band. Uh, our former webmaster 
found me, got a hold of me through friends of friends of friends and said, Hey, this is who I am. I started a website and I named your band Vitalica. So we didn't name it. We did not pursue it. It was named for us and put on the internet for us. And then from there, it started getting all these hits and interests and craziness. <laughs> and he's like, you need to make more music. This guy, his name is Dave Dixon. He's uh, He was a physics professor at Marquette University in Milwaukee. And he's like, uh, he's like, you need to make more music because I'm getting messages from Mike Portnoy and people like Living Color are writing in and the Pogues and the, you know, like you need to do more of this. So it kind of grew from there. And we, like you don't, we you don't put have out a choice. the second batch. <laughs> What's that? Like you don't have a choice. This is what you're doing now because it's just yeah, pretty much. Good. I'm just like, yeah, man, I'm not even in a band, dude. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And he's like, you are now. <laughs> and it's called Metallica. So it's very rare that somebody tells you to make a band. So yeah. Pretty rad. How how were these MP3s shared back in the day? Was it just through the website somehow, or was it, it would be hilarious if it was on Napster? We well, no, we didn't even have a website at first. He made a website from Bit, you know, BitTorrent yeah. stuff. Oh yeah, you know. Um, so he did that. So I think our first website may have been a MySpace page. You know, something like that. And then people started writing in, you know, and then, and then we ended, we got a formal website and then an updated website because that website got shut down. And, you know, so then we got a, a another website. Um, but it was really, you know, it started with the BitTorrent stuff and then file sharing and which we have no control over, you know, and, um, and then MySpace, you know, and then. People make comments, which we have no control over. <laughs> so, still, still, yeah. say nobody does. What, uh, what were, what were, uh, was like Mike Portnoy and Living Color and the Pogues? What were they all saying about Metallica right at the start? Well, Portnoy's been a huge fan and a huge proponent of the band. He's played with us uh, on a couple of occasions, and we've done stuff at Dream Theater. Um, one of the, one of the other first ones was the uh, the webmaster from Hank Williams three, back then, something like I like I'm shooting milk out of my nose in laughter or something like that onto my keyboard or something like that. Um, it's all in our bio, <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, like some other bands were writing in uh, when we started getting shut down, you know, you know, um, in our defense. You yeah. know, just basically saying like, hey, this is this is good stuff. These guys aren't trying to do anything, you know, slanderous or libelous or anything like that. So they were kind of coming to our defense on it. And then eventually Metallica did as well. And that's kind of been a, a more well-known thing now, you know, so. Yeah. Um, how did, uh, I mean, how did that even just start? How did that, wow, where do you even start from there? Like, uh, it, <laughs> Had a band just made made for you, but also just worked out. How? Let's let's go back. Let's go. When did you first first start playing music? Like very first start playing music. Uh, I was four. My first gig was at a Lutheran church in a suburb of Milwaukee. I sang my first song in public in German. So my first gig wasn't in my own native language. So I was four. 
um, and started learning basic piano from there. My grandma was teaching me. Do you know German? Uh, I know a tiny bit of some conversational German. I basically just by memory learned the words to silent night it was, is so still a knock heilig knocked alles schläft einsam wacht, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then that, the whole, that from thing. your grandma or just, uh, yeah, I, then I took some, some German in high school, but our German teacher was so cool. All he wanted to do was talk about hockey, which I'm, I was like, that's great. <laughs> so, so I did that. I ended up taking some Spanish then, but then I was also a foreign exchange student to Bogota, Colombia um, when I was in high school. So I started learning conversational and street Spanish and can get myself across the city. And then it worked after that worked in the inner city of, of the South side of Milwaukee as a big Hispanic community and everything. So I started learning it there. So Awesome. So, uh, go see all dust. All you need is blood EP, which we can talk about later, which is done in different languages and everything. So, all right, we'll, we'll definitely talk about that. What was, what was like your first, uh, band? What were you doing after that point? Like, I mean, after well, my first, <laughs> my first band, um, not including air bands and dressing up like Ace Freely when I was six years old because of my same grandma on going to play frisbee in the park as ace really in moon boots um my first band i was 18 it was a band called necromacy and i was picking my sister up from high school and uh these guys they knock on the window of the car and they're just like it's like hey man you're tinker right because my nickname is tinker and he goes you're tinker right I was like, yeah. It's like, you like metal, right? I was like, yeah. Like, you want to be in a band? Yeah. <laughs> said, good, because we're getting rid of our singer. Come down here, learn these songs. I'm like, great. So that's how I joined my first band, literally by someone knocking on my car window and saying, hey, man, you want to be in a band? There you go. And uh, how did that? And I just sang. I just sang in that band. It was a it was a crossover metal punk band. What uh? What were your first sort of shows like? What were you doing? My first gig, and that was that was with this band. You know who Blind Illusion are? I do not. Okay, Blind Illusion, San Francisco. We played at this place called the Odd Rock Cafe in Milwaukee. It's no longer there. But the guy who owned the Odd Rock started the Milwaukee Metal Fest. For those of you guys who know who know some of the bigger festivals, he started Milwaukee Metal Fest. So we get in there, and uh, Blind Illusion, at that time, was made up of two famous folks now. That would be Larry Lalonde and Les Claypool. Well, so yeah. my first gigs were with Larry Lalonde and Les Claypool. Um, and... Larry Lalonde was like skating down the street with this. I just remember seeing the city bus like 10 feet behind Larry Lalonde honking, wailing on his horn. And Larry's just like looking up at this bus and it's like totally just taking over the street. Les Claypool ended up having a little bit of a night with someone who was helping us out. Um, comes on the stage wearing a University of Wisconsin whitewater half shirt, <laughs> mesh shirt. And I was like, See, you met Betty. So, <laughs> so, uh, and it was their, it was their singer, Chuck Vitamins. It was, it was his birthday. 
so um that was my first show uh so that was that was a pretty good indoctrination into into doing everything you know so that's rad what what so uh what's your what's your parents what's your family what uh what did anybody think about when you were first starting to play music kind of growing up um well at first they thought it was you know not something that they were really into sonically speaking because we probably weren't very good you know but we rehearsed in my folks basement um i remember the first time though i went out on uh, a solo tour because i do solo acoustic stuff too you know folky stuff um and i was in my early 20s and i did i booked this own tour on my own around the midwest or whatever and i remember telling my mom and dad i was like look there might be some things that aren't you know aren't on the up and up or whatever you just got to trust me i'm going to be okay and i'm not going to do anything stupid um and i came home couple weeks later we had a dinner together and like okay so how were things right and i told them about an hour worth of stories that that just stuff that just happened you know my mom is just just looking at me yeah. <laughs> you know and my dad's like did you do anything stupid <laughs> it's like no man i'm all good he's like okay so kind of went on from there and now to the this day uh my parents who have a whole closet full of metallica swag they come out to be metallica gigs religiously and they're the first ones there my 82 year old dad has a metallica shirt that says when i punch you i feel happy inside you know he's you know they're great and they're totally supportive and they're they're into it and they're up and adam and having having beers with folks and stuff like that and they're they're a good time you know so so i got great parents like that and my whole family is like that aunts uncles sister they all come out to gigs you know and they've always been super great about that so which is which is pretty cool red do you remember any of those stories that you first told them about your first kind of touring days uh that kind of like piqued their interest or scared the hell out of them yeah um Let's see. I was in I was in uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan. Stayed at the promoter's house, who lived in the house. You know, the like the homes that are in the cemeteries. You know, like basically, you know, they're they're cemetery caretakers or whatever. Then um, I know there was some illegal substance activity going on there, and one of their roommates was on it, and they had this parrot. <laughs> this parrot that kept me up all night and so it's like i'm trying to go to sleep so i have this, this blanket over my, my head but i'm not asleep you know and i can feel the hovering of this chick lady woman something just like like literally hovering over me you know like about this close either to see if i'm alive or conscious or willing or all three of those you know <laughs> to get into whatever um that was one of them uh do you know who pat mcdonald is pat mcdonald pat mcdonald from timbuk three oof good question no yeah, future's so bright i gotta wear shades but yeah okay okay so i'm doing this show with pat mcdonald somewhere in michigan or whatever and uh 
nice enough guy. He couldn't remember <laughs> anything from like three minutes to the next three minutes. I think he asked me, do I smoke? Can I have a cigarette? Where are you from? Like seven times in a half hour, like literally didn't know. And my mom's like, well, who are you hanging out with? Who is this person? It's just like, why is he asking you these? It's just like, why doesn't he remember? It's like, I don't know, Ma. I just, I'm just letting you know. These are the people that I'm kind of hanging with. Yeah. Just I'm going to be okay. You know, and there are other things too. I mean, just other weirder substancey um hook up <laughs> things that happen you know yeah you know they just got to trust me that i'm okay you know what i mean i'm not going to do anything dumb or whatever as long as, you, as long as you can outsmart a guy that uh can't remember anything about you that's that you're probably yeah you're probably, gonna probably. Right in general i can get yeah i can get down the steps faster than him so <laughs> He's still out there playing though. He does a lot of stuff for um. There's this festival in Wisconsin called the Steel Bridge Festival that was going on. It's up in this place called Surgeon Bay, north of Green Bay. Um, you know, and and it became this big music festival. And they, like Jackson Brown has been known to show up and folks like that or whatever. He was a big part of that. You know what I mean? So, so good on Pat McDonald. You know what I mean? So, maybe it was just a rough night. <laughs> so. You know, we've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> We've all been there, you know. Nobody's better than anybody else. That's uh, that the truth. Uh, right so you're you're back. Uh, you're back to touring. It looks like you played a few shows in 2021, but your last big tour was back in 2017. Is that right? So, uh, what what kind of brought you back? Well, um, yeah, we did the the bigger one in 2017. Um, what brought us back was that COVID ended. Yeah, you know, like everybody else, COVID ended. We were supposed to do some other shows last fall. We actually ended up moving them to the spring now because the market was getting so flooded with touring bands, you know? Um, so we waited. Um, so that's where we are now. So tonight is the first night of us playing. Not, well, not the first night. I mean, we, we've already done Milwaukee, Chicago, stuff closer to home. Um, and then we did, some dates last year, you know, uh, Chicago, Akron, uh, we did a few as COVID was kind of starting to subside, you know what I mean? Um, so we did some of that, you know, so now this is a more formal sort of thing, you know, um, with other dates getting thought about and planned and et cetera. How's it feel to be back? Good. I feel healthy. You know, I'm ready to go. So um, we have new merch. Um, you know, it, it'll be good to play stuff off the Devolver album because that's the latest record, mm-hmm. you know, which came out essentially during COVID. Um, so it'd be good to do that. We're also working on where I have worked up a song uh, that is a mash from the new Metallica album, 72 Seasons. Which is a great album, by the way. What do you think about it? Yeah. 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 I think all their, their last three efforts have been totally solid. You know, they all sound good. And yeah. But th- but that's why we wanted to use something off the record. So now I, I can't tell you what it is. You got to come out to a gig. But I can say that it means that this song is not recorded. And wherever we play it live, it'll be the first times that people are hearing it. The only people that have heard the song are us. 
So yeah. it's a brand, brand new song. Okay. So, yeah. so we're going to, we yeah, So we'll run through a little bit of it tonight during sound check. And there you go. Well, we're planning on seeing you at the Brooklyn bowl. So, Oh yeah. Okay. Right on June 17th. Um, right on. I have to ask uh, if you had to rate your favorite metallic album and your least favorite, could you do that on the spot? Yeah. Yeah. Um, someone asked me that. I think it was like a year and a half ago or whatever. And at that time, because I know things change, uh, but at that time, I said it was Ride the Lightning. And the reasons were because um, I have a great Ride the Lightning story for when Metallica, Wasp, and Armored Saint hit Milwaukee on that tour. Um, but um, just hearing Fight Fire with Fire for the first time, um, how that was kind of a game changer, you know, sitting in my friend's basement, hearing that. Um, and I liked the album better than kill them all because it was darker. It sounded darker to me. Um, and when it comes down to metal music in general, at least as far as like the guys in Metallica go, I listened to darker stuff you know um black metal death metal folk metal just darker types of stuff so i think maybe that kind of drew me that way gotcha. you know all right how so about psychedelic least, metal and things like well least favorite album uh let's see pondering the least favorite, I'll say either Sane Anger or Reload as least favorites, but I'm trying to think which one and why that would be because we've done compositions from both. You know, I mean, that's the thing about Vitalica. It's like nothing gets nothing gets uh forgotten you know from either of our our parent bands yeah you know what i mean it's like so i can't say that any of the albums by metallica aren't good or welcome maybe just we just haven't harvested as much material from those albums yeah thus those being the two that i mentioned and I'm you sure know. it's fun to do like a, a very B-side song from either band and somebody will recognize it uh, or what most people would consider like a B-side of them. And they'd be like, oh, I fucking love that song. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's like when Metallica, when we put out Abbey Load. OK, so already going back to, to the load thing, um, part of the Abbey Load medley used uh, Dirty Window, you know. And I would say if you go see a Metallica show, they're probably not playing Dirty Window. You know what I mean? Um, so it's not like we're not using these songs, you know, um, or we're not interested in using the songs. It all just depends on what we're looking to create. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, there's my one of my favorite Metallica songs and one of my, and one of my favorite Beatles songs have never been used in a Vitalica composition. 
that being disposable heroes and in my life. Why do you think that is? It's just because we may have started to work with them or it's like, it's just not working. You know, it's not flowing. It doesn't sound right to us. You know, it doesn't sound seamless to us. We're not getting the combination, (laughs) you know, we're not cracking the case, you know, cracking the code, whatever you want to say. Um, so it, it's not like process? I don't love those songs, you know. What is your process? Do you do you usually come before you get into a jam space or wherever you're playing with the idea, or do you just get like you just do you know get really high and just figure it out? Like what's what do you do? How do you how do you make this stuff happen? I would generally say that it's going to start with me, and then I'll bring it to the band in the rehearsal studio, and then we modify it from there. I'll say, here's the structure. Here's what I got. Where are we going from here? Because all those guys songwrite, not only metal, but different sorts of music, Mm -hmm. which is great because the Beatles are not a metal band and they use tons of different influences. You know, so it lends itself to doing this sort of project. Um, You know, so if I bring something in, nothing's off limits to get changed. Um, but even off the Devolver album, um, Dr. Roberts and Gerg Hammondson, they brought in some material that they had written way back in the day because they've known each other literally since they've been kids. And like, look, we have this riff. We want to use this riff here. You know, or Dr. Rob said, okay, James, you're working on this section here. What if we use this riff that I have here? So now the members of Metallica are inserting their own riffs into composition. It's Metallica, Beatles, Metallica riffs, lyrics and influences and modifications and all these other things going into things. You know, so it's like if you looked at the material off the Devolver album, you're going to be like, okay, I hear the styling of this. Like how Cheap Trick or Smashing Pumpkins or King's X uses vocal stylings, chord progressions. You know, are you playing a fifth chord? Are you playing a sixth chord? How are you going about these little runs here, you know, and making chordal patterns within a song. That's what we're doing with composition. So people might hear it, but then they're like, I don't hear it. Wait, I do hear it. But from where? (laughs) And they're trying to figure it out, you know, and the wheels start turning. That's part of the fun and the puzzle of the band. You know, you hear it, but the more you know about both of the bands, you're going to have greater success in knowing where you're hearing it from or how you're hearing it. Yeah. And then you put a like thin little blanket of adding some uh, special riffs in there or something like that. Yeah. Um, what, how did, uh, man, that's, it probably wouldn't work as well to do like, like two folk bands or two metal bands. Like it seems like that contrast is exactly what kind of makes the band so special. Um, I guess. You know, 
I mean, they're called Reese's peanut butter cups because they have peanut butter in it, not another type of chocolate, right? Yeah. It'd be like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you just need that there you go. right there. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, what other, uh, what other band matchups do you kind of think would be an interesting thing to hear? Uh, yeah. I don't know. If they, I don't think any of them would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that Metallica was going to be interesting to hear. Yeah. You're like, oh. Um, yeah. But we always joke around as like, you know, what would we do? You know, because people will say, hey, you should mash up Pink Floyd and Slayer and make a band out of it. I'm like, okay, well, what would you call it? Well, I don't know. <laughs> you know, like the <laughs> yeah. name's got to be there, right? So it's like we would we would come up with things like Barry Manowar. Instead of you know, Barry Manilow and Manowar, Barry Manowar, um, you know, and just like other, you know, Huey Lewis and the Nuge, <laughs> and <laughs> Huey Lewis and Ted Nugent. That's my latest one, Huey yeah. Lewis and the Nuge. So just like stuff like that, you know, would we ever do it? Oh, fuck no. <laughs> no, yeah. we're not doing this. I, ne- I never thought I'd be in this. No, I'm in three other bands, man, now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And those bands all do road work. You know, it's like, it's like, no, <laughs> this yeah, is what it is. <laughs> so there's a lot to it. I think even, you know, just a more traditional band, I think thinking of the branding, I mean, you don't want to get too lost in the weeds and be like, we need to make exactly this or whatever, but having a good concept of being like, okay, here's the overarching theme of something. It sounds good. It feels good. And it gives like a clear direction of where we're trying to go. Yeah. And, I feel like uh, there's very few genres that kind of don't do that where you're like, oh, a band sounds like this. And then they, or the, the band name is this, but they sound completely fucking different than that. I think that's yeah. rare. I was just reading an article last night on the latest Avenged Sevenfold album. Okay. And how they're catching slack. At least that's what it said in this article. You know, they're catching slack because, oh, they're starting to get into this and starting to get into that and starting to get into that. You know, but it's like, look, man, it's just like, if you listened to the Beatles in 1964, you never would have thought they'd be doing what they're doing in 1966, let alone 68, 69 and on. And then, you know, personality wise and stuff. And you can say that about other bands that aren't even associated with Metallica. It's like you listen to like Rush, you know, listen to the first Rush album. And then listen to power windows, you know, you just, it's not the same thing, you know, it, it, it's, you got to give bands room to expand no matter what type of band they are. You know, it's like, it's just not fair to the band. It's not, if if you, if you want your band, your favorite band to be around for 30, 40 years, you know, it's, it's very rare that a band is going to have different sorts of stylings i mean even you know even a band like zz top people think they know like zz top has been the same band they're not it's just like once they hit eliminator and everything you know using synth and all that stuff iron maiden said they would never use synth you know it's just like then you listen to somewhere in time you know and it's just like you know and seventh son and all that stuff like that you know it's like bands have to be allowed to expand you know what i mean and do whatever it is they're gonna do kiss you know same thing yeah you know no one ever thought you know, who are, when they're writing love gun are they thinking about doing the elder no 
<laughs> no. Really? You know, is Paul Stanley thinking about doing, you know, which I have this on CD. When Paul Stanley, he, he played the role of the Phantom in Phantom of the Opera. You know, so it's like when he when, when they're writing Firehouse, is he thinking about, okay, when I'm Phantom in Phantom of the Opera, I'm going to do, you know, no, it's just like, but people have to be allowed to expand their artistic feel feelings you know what i mean so yeah so i know you didn't even expect your Metallica to actually like go anywhere you weren't expecting to be making a band you weren't expecting a lot of this stuff but once things started getting going did you expect the kind of longevity that it has now like where you guys get to go tour and get to record no 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 not at all <laughs> what, what would you say but as, but as it's been going what's that what would you say caused it? What do you, what would you say is uh kind of the the secret behind why you guys are still doing what you're doing? Um tenacity, hard work and a lot of help. Yeah. A lot of help from your friends. You know. Yeah, yeah right. A little help from our friends. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um and they know who they are, that's for sure, you know. So it's like obviously, you know, the Metallica guys and Peter Paterno and we have a good buddy named Mike Harrington, Michael Harrington. Um, he helped us with, with some of that stuff and case study thing back in the day. Um, we met him through, um, through his work at Belmont university in Nashville and stuff. And he was at Harvard and everything like that. So he's, he's great, you know, good friend of ours. Um, so yeah, so that, but I mean, I mean, look, man, it's just like, I'm not the greatest guitar player and I'm not the greatest singer or whatever. But I will outwork you. Yeah, fair I, can, I can. I can guarantee you that. I I am the Pete Rose of heavy metal. You know, he wasn't the fastest. He wasn't the best fielder, but he will out hustle you. <laughs> you know, that's me. There you so, go. And if that means that it gives me some length of doing something, then great. You have a lot of very collegiate friends. It sounds like you've mentioned a couple at least. <laughs> like Harvard and the other one was the person who originally put your music on whatever website they put it on. Yeah, he's at Cal Poly now. Yeah. Interesting. He's, he's on the West Coast. He got smart and he moved out to San Luis Obispo. So. He's just like <laughs> all the way. Yeah. What's it like? Uh, yeah. What's it like running into your fans in general? Like what uh what do they kind of say about you? They're all super stoked. What is it always just like a oh just a super fun time? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, you're going to get, and this go, I guess this goes for every band, you know, so like, you're going to get people who, um, who just want to meet you and party and have a beer, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes that's great. I yeah. can totally do that, you know, um, and then you're going to get folks that really want to talk about just like band stuff and you know, that are a little more chill, you know what I mean? And that's great. And then you're going to get other friends of yours that you see time and time again and stuff like that. And you're so it's like, Hey man, you know, how's, how's your, your significant other? How's the dog? How's your mom, and dad and everything, you know, and everything like that. And, and it's like, you know, talking smack and stuff online, talking about sports and everything like that and blah, 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 and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like that, that's, that's the coolest part. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like weird. When we were traveling here yesterday, I got a message from a friend of ours from Denmark, you know, like Europe, Denmark, 
<laughs> not Denmark, Wisconsin, well, but somehow he's a big Green Bay Packer fan. He grew up a Green Bay Packer fan and then he became a Metallica fan and he found out we were from Wisconsin. So when we played in Denmark, in Knoxkopf, Denmark, he's from Knoxkopf. And so he came to the gig and he was so stoked, you know. And so now it's like whenever we get together, it's like he's been over here to the States just to hang and stuff like that. And just like blah, 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 shooting the shit and everything like that. Yeah, we don't really talk about Vitalica. We talk about other stuff, you know. And he's a teacher, you know. And yeah, it's 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 all it's all cool stuff, you know. Like how Skinner said, you know, if you want to talk fishing, I guess that'll be okay. You know what I mean? So hell yeah. I'm all good with that. You, I mean, you're kind of you're you probably have seen as the ambassador of both Metallica and the Beatles. Have you ever been like kind of shown a piece of knowledge from one of those bands from some fan of your guys's that you're like, I had no idea about that, or I don't know. How oh to... yeah, yeah, you... sure. And it's like our yeah. I mean, our bandmates will will do that with each other. Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, it's like oh yeah. And blah, 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 when this happens, so it's like, oh, really? I never knew that. So it's like, okay, yeah, oh, cool. It's like, well, this guy said, yeah, this is how maybe uh, in regard to like um, Gerg Hamilton and, and Dr. Rob Suhio that on guitar and bass, they're, they're like the gearheads of this band, you know, and Gerg is an audio engineer. He works at Pfizer Forum in Milwaukee. He works for the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, and, and, and does live audio and everything like that. He's those those two are going to be the guys that say, yeah, well, when they use this piece of equipment on this and they're in this studio and they recorded it like this. I mean, it's just like, yeah, I have no idea. Great. That's that's awesome. <laughs> you know, So those that's where those guys come from. That's their world, you know, um, where it's like I might know weird, goofy, you know, shit and stuff like that. And and I'm more of the lyricist of, of I am the lyricist of Vitalik. You know what I mean? So when it comes down to lyrical content and word scheme you know and like little things you know things like that then i might know more about that than they, they do you know so yeah definitely how i mean so how do you sing how'd you learn to sing like these guys how'd you learn to sing like james hepfold like how what is there anything to it like what any, any little tricks you can give somebody if they wanted to like give it a shot yeah i mean um the most important thing the well the two most important things that people have to remember is that as you age, your voice changes, right? You know, so I wouldn't have been able to sing like this when I was 14, you know, or 13 when I first saw Metallica. Um, but then when we started making those MP3s for that April Fool's show, I was saying, you know, we're just like, we're just going to go in and do this. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to try stuff. Yeah. You know, and we tried it and it worked <laughs> somehow. Um, but then as Metallica progressed, the voice progressed, you know, and using, you know, now I have to figure out, okay, how am I going to get to using the James Hetfield clean voice? Like the nothing else matters voice. Yeah. That type of thing. Um, but then I get older, you know, so how do I deal with my changing voice to get to where I need to be, you know, and how does your breathing change your pauses, you know, and I live with my girlfriend and she's a classically trained singer 
and she's big on breathing, you know, and last week before I left, she said, and she came to our Chicago gig recently. And she said, she said, man, I got to tell you one of my favorite lines, well, those two favorite lines of yours that I hear you do and you did them at your last gig. But consider doing them like this, because I heard you do this line in a certain way, said, try this and attack it this way, you know, because when I recorded those lines originally, that may have been 12, 13 years ago now. She's like, try it like this. So she's listening to everything that I sing. And everything that I do, you know what I mean? And she'll give me, she'll give me advice on it, you know, and she said, you do what you want, but I love this line. Do it like this, you know, I'm like, okay, great. Yeah, I will. You know, thanks for the, uh, thanks for the thought on that. You know what I mean? So really interesting. That, so you're kind of like shaping your voice over time. I mean, if it, it makes sense on paper, you don't really just hear about it being said that way. Cause like, yeah, shit changes. Yeah. If, if you've been singing the same thing the same way the whole time, uh, it doesn't always go well. You can see like when musicians who have been around forever come back and do their first tour after like twenty years or whatever, and they're like, "Oof," or they sure. come back and they change everything and they sound better than they ever did somehow, some way. It's such a wild. Yeah, yeah. I remember when the smoking uh, stuff became, you know, got instituted in clubs, you know, and casinos and stuff like that. I'm allergic to smoke, cigarette smoke. So I don't smoke, obviously, you know, um, and I don't smoke pot, you know, or anything like that. You're not, not I, I don't want to, but I, I, because I'm a singer, but I can't, I, I literally physically cannot, it would be bad for me, you know? So it's like when all this stuff was lifted in clubs, I thought like, man, this is great. How the hell did we ever do this when we were kids yeah. and singing and stuff when I was in my twenties and stuff like that? God, this was awful, you know? <laughs> You know, and some of my worst shows ever have been at casinos before the smoking thing was instituted. Some of my two worst shows ever were at those gigs. And I'm just like, God, fuck, man. That, that, I'm happy this isn't a thing yet, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I mean, it's just great that that's not the case. I think I'm like one of the last generations that actually got to see that, you know, and I, when I was growing up in California, smoking was already illegal um, in, indoors. But when I went over to visit my family in Michigan, I would go into like a Denny's or whatever and everybody's smoking in there. You get the smoke. Yeah. This is wild. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just crazy. Stuff. Doing that now. It's just like an eating establishment or especially venues or whatever. Just like the amount of smoke there was. Yeah. Yeah. So, so those would be the two things, you know, like dealing with your voice as it ages, thinking about breathing, mm-hmm. um, staying does hydrated, she any, does she have any <laughs> staying hydrated before gigs. Do you have any good breathing techniques? It's just like maybe not even for shows or for singing or anything like that. Is there anything cool that, that your girlfriend does or she tells you to do that are just kind of interesting things we can do? Yeah, well, um, she's big into like meditation and yoga and stretch and this is an actual fact here now people that people who are guys who are in bands guys and girls who are in bands we do other things okay so when i don't play music i'm an occupational therapist okay so i do uh, a lot of like upper body 
stuff, lung expansion stuff, you know, breathing and just, just, just trying to work on, even though my, you know, sometimes my posture sucks, but working on posture, you know, um, stuff like that, but you gotta be doing that stuff. Not like the hour before your gig or just the day of your gig. Like you got to kind of do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, fairly consistently, you know, <laughs> at the very least, you know, so you can feel the effects of it. Um, and stretch, you know, stretching is, is, is a good, healthy one. I stretch before every show head to toe. Nice. I stretch, you know, not, not just my fingers, not just my arms, not just my neck, but your legs, you know, your legs are your power. Don't forget that people, you know, my dad, who is my baseball coach, your legs are your power. Pitchers will tell you that quarterbacks will tell you that anyone who moves will tell you that your legs are your power. So if you're going to go and do a tour, it's not just what are you using for your guitar? It's your lower, lower extremities too, man. You know, so. Yeah, that just makes me think of uh, one of the guitarists from Mastodon, whatever his name is, but how he just always gets in that power stance with his legs all spread apart, all wide. I love yeah. that before he rips solo. Oh, that's great. Mastodon's uh, great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those guys are, yeah, those guys are super cool, man. So They're, they're super rad. Um, I'm so glad that they're around and still doing amazing stuff. We uh, did this. Uh, we did a, a, a gig with... Um, with a couple of those guys in New York. Um, it was for a magazine um, release. And we played at the Bowery Ballroom. And it was us and, and those two guys, they, they did their, their side project called Fiend Without a Face and stuff. And so we were in New York and giving uh, interviews and stuff like that. So I walk into, uh, I walk into, the, into the room and stuff like that. And Brad looks at me and he goes, Hey, dude. <laughs> it's like, nice. So it's like, how you doing, man? <laughs> He's like, Oh, I can love you guys, man. <laughs> Those guys are I I love watching videos of them. They have they have some of the funniest like videos on YouTube of them just being goofballs, just total fucking goofballs. I love those guys. Yeah, but but they're another example of you know, because you know, with with ties to Atlanta, some of them have ties to Atlanta, you know, and everything like that. This is when the Atlanta Thrashers were still a hockey team. Okay. You know, and this is part of the thing, how we were talking about before. He's just like, yeah, we could talk about tunes all day if you want, but what's going on with your hockey team, man. You know, it's just, <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm just talking about other things, you know, that make you to get you outside of that world, you know, which is what makes conversation cool, you know, relationships cool and everything like that, you know? So that's, that's totally awesome. So, yeah. Absolutely. I think that's that's really important, especially in music, because especially if you're hanging out with uh, people all day, every day in a band van or just when you're about to play a show with some people, you got to find some other stuff to talk about because <laughs> yeah, we don't want to talk about yeah. over and over and over and over again. Ain't that the truth? Um, For so sure. We want to talk about All You Need Is Blood, your uh, first album released in 2008, and it has a bunch of different languages, 14 different versions of the song. Yeah. Which is how did this come about? How did you, how'd you get the fan submissions to actually like give you the ideas for it? And how was it recording it? So there, there's, there's another piece of the story that goes along with it. I'll try and keep it short. Um, the Vitalik website was um, 
taken down mm-hmm. by our ISP. And that's when we were going through some stuff. And then we got the word that it was going to get reinstituted. And it was in February of, you know, whatever year that was, you know. And uh, we said, hey, you know, as a as a Valentine's Day, we love you guys sort of thing. We're going to do this song and instead of all you need is love, we're going to do all you need is blood. And people who, if you want to be a part of it, um, we are inviting the Talibangers worldwide to send in translations of the lyrics to the song. I will send them to you in English. You translate them. You send them back to me. Now I said, you can take some liberties. If you want to insert a certain name or a certain type of thing here or there, you can do that. Um, but you have to tell me how to phonetically pronounce your phrases and your language. Because if you don't, I'm going to take my liberties now <laughs> because I don't speak Estonian, you know, or whatever language it was going to be. So some people sent them in and some people did it. <laughs> so they're just like, we just want to hear you just go after this. So we did. Um, but then to make every song kind of its own thing, not lyrically speaking or just lyrically speaking, um, we did a different intro. So we did a, um, each country's national anthem before the song. We did a different solo section in the middle. And then we did a different, very long fade out ending. It's all different with different sorts of weirdness that goes on within it. Um, yeah. So we ended up doing that in 14 different languages. <laughs> so, so, um, some I had a little more help on than others, you know, and then so, um, but yeah, so, so that was all good, great fun. You know, um, I don't know of any band that has attempted to do something like that. <clears throat> Man of war. Um, so just saying. There you go. Wow. I mean, that's cool. And uh, it's a great way to get like, you know, fans involved with your stuff. Feeling like it's just not like a, a, a cut and dry. Yeah. This is what we're doing as a band. But it's like, no, we're we're having fun. That was the whole yep. point of this project. And yep. that's what it was from the start. And uh, that's just another way to just keep it going rather than being like, okay, here we go. Beatles, Metallica over and over again. It's like you're getting right. up the horizons of like what you can actually do. Uh, that's super rad. Yeah. And I've done that. Um, there's another band from Germany that we've done work with called JBO. They're from Nuremberg, Germany. And I've appeared on their albums um, as James Lenfield singing their material. And we've done stuff when we toured over there in Germany with them one time. I would come up and do a song with them completely in German live and had to learn the song. We did that night after night after night after night. And so every now and then, you know, I'd, I'd jack something up. You know, and I can see these guys just cracking up laughing, you know, because I'm sure I was probably saying something in German, but it wasn't it wasn't, right. <laughs> it wasn't what it was supposed to be. And every night I would screw up something a little bit differently. And so just to see these guys just lose it uh, was was super funny, man. It was super great. So. So, yeah. So if you look up JBO, um, they have a song called. Uh, Eine gute Tag zum Sterben. It's a good day to die. 
And then they have another one called uh, Long Live Metallica. Um, you can look those songs up and I'm the vocalist on it. So that's rad. Yeah, that's those guys are cool. I think it's the best way to learn a language too, is just be able to like laugh about it. Like whenever I'm in a different situation, yeah, be able to laugh about it or else you're not going to learn. People are going to feel too uptight to actually give you any like real feedback. Yeah. Well, hey, yeah, for really, sure. Really appreciate your time. I only have a couple more questions if that's cool with you. Yeah. Yeah. I got a couple minutes here, man. All right. How, what, okay. What actually gives you the most doubt in your work and what you're doing with Beatallica or just in general? Like what, the what most, gets you most doubt and how do you overcome it? Time. Because we're all in different stuff, you know, that we all want to pursue. So I'd say time would be one. Um yeah, that's that is true. You can only do so much. Yeah, I think that might be the biggest one. You know, I don't have any doubts about that. The guys in the band can play. That's that's not the issue. Yeah, you know, um, and that I don't have any doubts that we all want to play live. You know, that's not the issue. Um, but we all play and do stuff that is successful besides Vitalica. Um, so Vitalica isn't our only life, you yeah. know, um, that's myself included, you know? So I think it's just time, you know, if, if, if this planet had, you know, a 24 month yearly calendar and 12 days a week and 42 hours a day, great <laughs> but we don't <laughs> so you know um so there's yeah so i think i'm gonna go with that i'm gonna go with that i like that yeah i was I was curious to see what you, what you thought about this because it's uh it's it's such a fun project i know you're doing other stuff as well but it's like um time is really the kicker uh it's everybody's up against that and uh you know might as well just get at it while you can if you can yeah um yeah you, you have to and that that's why I would, that's why it's like you know to encourage people to come out to gigs, you know, is the thing, you know, it's, it, and, and just because another reason, if you come out to a Vitalica gig, you're going to hear songs that aren't on album. Yeah. You know, and that, and that will never be on album because they, they, they're not going to get cleared. The licensors won't permit them, you know, so do yourself a favor and come out to a gig. So you can, you can hear some of this stuff because you're not going to hear it anywhere else. That's rad. That's rad. And also, uh, you know, Hopefully, well, I guess you can't really record them even for a live thing. Never mind. Yeah. Well, yeah. We're going to be out for your show. Very right, last question. We ask everybody this. How do you define success for yourself or just general population? What do you what do you see as success? Uh, let's see. Maintaining my mental health. Maintaining my physical health. Um. I, I I always want to feel like I've given the most to, to a gig or an effort. You know, I want to do that. Um, 
maintaining the relationships with bandmates is a big one. You know, um, you know, you could get, when you're in a band that's that's been around as long as we have, <clears throat> you know, it's like sometimes it's relationships dissipate and disappear. You know what I mean? So, so maintaining relationships, not only with your bandmates, but with but with people and then venues. You know, who are your coworkers essentially? Yeah, right. Exactly. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Whether it be you know, whether it be Lars Ulrich or the local promoter or the merch guy or whatever. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. So yeah, mental health and that, and you said something in the middle there. It was all good. Really like that. Right on. You have any? Uh, right on. So you're you're on tour right now. Um, and you're well. We're gonna see you at where did the oh there it is. Uh, we're gonna Brooklyn see Bowl, you right? Bowl of June seventeenth, and you're on tour. And uh, anything you want to shout out to your fans or anything uh, else you want to uh, promote while we're here? Yeah, I mean, if if people want to check out the website, it's Vitalica.org. Um, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube page is Vitalica official. If you don't know, um a whole lot about the band and some of the back history. There's a great documentary that's out called the story of Betalica. Um, so you can look that up online. It's done by this guy named Mike King, uh, ruling note music out of Sacramento. Uh, so he did like a, like a half hour documentary on the band and it turned out really well. So that that's super cool. Um, the Betalica official site will have not only little snippets of stuff, daily life stuff, but other formal video stuff as done by our friend, Mike Weber. Uh, he's from the Chicago area and he's been with us forever. And he's, he's a number one. So um, let's see the devolver album is now out. You can go to our website to look up merch stuff. Um, we're touring with tragedy now until the end of june so we're doing the midwest and the east coast and we have other stuff that's being tossed around and everything you know so that'd be great to to see you folks out you know and we always want to make believers out of non-believers so all right that's part of that's part of the fun for sure very excited to see you yeah james it's been a pleasure and uh we have michael on the call here if you want to say anything here michael there you are <laughs> as you can see i'm obviously you know calling from the moon so <laughs> that's right why on. my camera it on. looks like all orange just like you got like some giant like coal furnace or something burning behind you or whatever you know that's the sky right now uh, it's very it's very like apocalypse now good lord blade runnery blade runner yeah i love blade runner and then my computer just <laughs> over the top was like, let's make it as grainy as possible. It's been super fun talking to you. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep in touch. All right. We'll, we'll wrap this up. Thank you so much, guys. And I'll uh, talk to you soon. All right, man. All right, Sounds good. Cheers, dudes. Cheers. Take care. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Zen Prey Project. Make sure to follow the Zen Prey Project on Instagram. Leave us a review for any of the episodes that you liked and consider sharing this with a friend that might be interested in this sort of show. We'll see you next time.